Hey everyone, welcome to Five Pin Universe's podcast number 10, first one of 2019. We have a few guests here today. We have Adam Weber, Dexter Wiseman, and Bobby Kite, mainstay of Nova Scotia Candlepin, uh, Nova Scotia Five Pin in the Open, I do believe, a few times, and now lives in Calgary, Alberta. So our first topic will be Candlepin atmosphere, Bobby. How does the atmosphere of Five Pin bowling compared to your candle pin well i uh i think it's completely different in every aspect really um because uh even though i'm new to the five pin world outside of the open tournaments five pin since i moved to calgary anyway and and been to alberta and been in these you know cash tournaments and and that sort of thing everything's more of a uh like a singles single style everything's uh all these cash tournaments or singles, uh, singles tournaments. Uh, whereas uh, Candlepin World, essentially every single tournament that we've had, um, with the exception of one per year, is a team tournament. Um, there's one, there's one singles tournament per year, and that is just the headliner, the opening for the biggest team tournament that we have. <laughs> so, um, uh, our, we have one big, uh, our major tournament per uh, each year is in November. And uh, it's a Tuesday through Saturday tournament. And the Monday, the day before, is that one big singles tournament. Um, so everything being a team tournament style is uh, more of a, you know, more of a, it's just a team atmosphere all around. Everything to do with Cattlepin. Um, the leagues are pretty much the same. You know, league, leagues are team, team-based, uh, both sides of the ball. But... When it comes to uh, tournament style, everything is set uh, uh, team wise. So, um, which 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 is something that I do miss now that I've moved here. Um, and uh, you know, I do love the singles tournament style. I, I, I you know, it's uh, something I feel I, I do I do well at in, in certain aspects. But I definitely miss you know putting a team together and 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 kind of running a team and 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 just being part of a team atmosphere with my you know my buddies and. And, uh, you know, everyone gets along in, in any type of tournament out here as it is. But when you're when you're part of a team, just as you guys know, when you play an open or masters or that sort of thing, it's just a different feel altogether. All so, yeah, I guess it, most of our team stuff isn't really till you get to the provincial level. Right. Compared to the open or the Baker's style event at one of the cash tournaments. That's pretty much the only other team event you got going on. And none of the uh, none of the major tournaments for it are a pick your team, and I, I feel like uh, a lot of your Candlepin ones are. You kind of they are, yeah. It's yeah, it's, uh, the big yeah. See, there's we really don't have any tournament with qualifying at all. It's just uh, these are the set dates, these are the set tournaments, the annual tournaments we have each year, um, and they can be what we call. And the terminology is a lot different too. When we when we say open. An open tournament uh, in Candlepin, that just means you can put to, you can basically put together any team that you want. Like you can, an open means it doesn't matter your averages, as opposed to having like a capped, you know, your top five averages can't be above such and such a score. Right. Where uh, we're here, you know, open means it's it's the open. It's it's the it's the you know the provincial open or the or the, or the Canadian open. <clears throat> uh, and there's different types of tournaments at home too where. Uh, the score, the scores are, are obviously a lot different because the candlepin scores are are a lot smaller. But we have 
you know, 580 tournaments, which means your top five averages can't be above a 580. Um, where if you were to do that in a, in a, in a five pin scene, I guess, I don't know, they would be maybe like an 1100 or an 1150 or 1200. I, you know, off the top of my head, I don't know exactly what that number would be to make, you know, it, it's sort of a fair, uh, uh, sort of, sort of, uh, you know, even grounds, but, um, the five eighties, it kind of keeps all the teams fairly equal, um, in just a, like a fun weekend, two days, Saturday, Sunday tournaments. Um, and those are the majority of the tournaments because you keep a lot of the lower average bowlers part of those tournaments where it keeps everybody involved as opposed to just like the high end average guys where in that one particular tournament per year in November, those are generally the bowlers that would play in that one tournament, but in all the other tournaments, almost all the bowlers are, are part of it one way or another. Yeah. I so. think, uh, I think a five eighty sort of tournament in, in five pin is not a bad idea, but I think it'd be a struggle just because, because of disparity in average or disparity in pinfall in, in amongst houses um, with, with pinfall being so much lower in candle pin. Um, I, I feel like there'd probably be less of a disparity. Do you, do you find a lot of houses play the same that no. Is disparity and no, it, it, I, I think it's I think it's pretty equal to five pin, but the only difference is that you know the, uh, an equal disparity, uh, uh, an equal uh, gap average, and let's say uh, we call like a fast house or a slow house, uh, a high scoring, low scoring house in in kennel pin, maybe like the high average would be let's say a one twenty five to a one thirty average, where in a tough house you're going to get somebody to 115 to 120. So yeah, when you when you calculate that over five bowlers, your top five bowlers, then instead of having, you know, whatever that would be, 25 pardon me, 25 pins for your top five guys then in 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 five pin, then you're looking at probably 50 to 60 pins. So, yeah, it would be a bigger gap based on uh the tougher scoring houses like a Toppler is obviously where I, I bowl at a topler on Monday nights, so it's a tougher scoring house than a Bonnie Dune, obviously. Um, then you're not gonna, if you stack your top five topler averages against your top five Bonnie Dune, Bonnie Dune looks like okay, just on paper, okay, these scores, these these are much better bowlers, but it's not really the case no. on yeah. paper because of the fact that it's just a, it's a faster house. And then so. that that would be the struggle to do like a like a, a twelve hundred tournament or something like that because then if we have if you have like a 1200, a team set up to 1200 from Bonnie Dune, and then you have a team set up to 1200 from Toppler, those Toppler bowlers are going to kill us. Yep. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it, I mean, it's just because if you, you know, you take the, the, I don't know, I, I, again, I'm new, I'm new to Calgary. I just moved here, but the, the, uh, a 240 average at Toppler is a really good average uh, from what I see so far this year. 240, 245 is a, is a really good score. But if you take that same bowler and, and put them in Bonnie Dune, they're bowling a lot higher than that. You know, 240, 245. They're probably yeah, they're at anything least 270 or above. Or two, yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah. you know that sort of thing. So, uh, so that would be tough in a in a in a cap tournament in the ceiling tournament. But maybe there's a way to twerk it in a way where that that is a possibility. Where uh, I don't know. It may be you know players knowing knowing those 
you know, the fact that, okay, we all of our players are Bonnie Doon, so we're not going to take a team all of Bonnie Doon because most of the players in Alberta, <clears throat> you know, there's Edmonton, like all, like everyone kind of knows everybody from what I gather. Uh, so, you know, you can, you can send a text, you can make a phone call to somebody at, you know, Bulls at a Chinook in Calgary or, or, or at a, you know, in a Red Deer or whatever, and just like build your team of, of like people you want to bowl with. Like, because that's, that's the part of bowling that I do miss. It's fun bowling with people you rarely bowl with that you can just like pick up a phone and call and say, Hey, do you want to bowl on my team? I'm putting in a team for this, this tournament. And, and, uh, we need, uh, you know, we have four bowlers right now and we need a, we need a two fifteen average to max out our, our team. And if you want in then we're good and we can, and that's it. And then you, you know, you kind of pick and choose based on the house you bowl out of and, and that sort of thing. And that's, that's exactly what happens in Candlepin. Um, but it would just, it would just be more of a numbers game in, in the five in world, I guess. That, that'd be interesting. I like the idea of picking, you know. Uh, you know, calling up uh, you know Derek Holm to come play in a in a, a tournament like this because of where he's playing and stuff like that. That that'd be interesting. That's always my favorite thing about cash tournaments for the Bakers and the best part about Masters. Too, yeah, is right. You get to play with people you never get to. Yeah, exactly. That was going to be my point. Is that I think that's why a lot of us like playing Masters because you get to play with people from the province that you wouldn't normally play with. You would play against them at the Open. That'd be about it. Yeah. So, Bobby, I know a lot of people may not be familiar with Candlepin all that much. Uh, scoring system very similar to Ten Pin, uh, but I, I know a lot of people think you know, they they see the big pins and they don't really understand just how difficult it is. Well, it's it's you know I mean people might disagree with me, but I feel and that's where I came from. But I feel Candlepin is easily the most difficult bowling. Uh, but there's so much luck involved, good luck and bad. There's definitely a lot of good luck where you could miss your shot and then, you know, this could ricochet, this, you know, ball could ricochet, pins can ricochet off the wall, blah, 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 and then you make a shot that you actually should have missed to begin with. Where in five pin, that really doesn't happen. Ten pin, it really doesn't happen that often. But in, in, in candle pin, it happens, I don't want to say quite often, but it definitely happens. It's not uncommon for that for that to happen, but... But it also works the other way too, where you could put like, you could put the ball exactly where you want. You have good stuff on the ball, and it's Blitzville. You just, you know, the, you, the the ball is smaller in dimension. It's, it's a lot lighter in weight. Two pounds seven ounces is the maximum weight. I don't know the dimensions off the top of my head, but it's definitely a lot smaller than a five pin ball. Uh, it's, it's it's like a softball size. Four and a half uh, inches. Okay, well there you go. So uh, it, it's it's and the pins are, are thinner and narrower. Now there is deadwood, which means when you, uh, you know, any any pins that fall after your first second ball, they stay there. There's no sweeper. The, the pins don't get picked up and they sweep away. The the, the pins you, you use them at their live pins. They're live for the scoring, so you can play them. Which which is strategy. Um, you have to know how to play wood. Essentially, is that you know how <clears throat> it's you, it's a game in itself because there's a lot of. Uh, shots that you would think like okay if i hit this felled pin here then that should go this direction and my ball should take the pin over here but it's just knowledge of the wood it's just knowledge of it's just experience to know like okay that should work but in this situation there okay 
this pin is touching up against this other pin in this direction. So it it's anyway. It, basically, there's there's shots every almost every single game you play. There's a shot you've never seen before, because there's so many different variables when it comes to candle pin, which also leads to like I say, that's why there is so much good and bad luck attached to it because you can't you can read it to a certain point, but at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. There's so many shots that I've thrown where I was a thousand percent sure this was gonna, you know, this is a good shot, and it just wasn't, or vice versa, where I, I've thrown a ball, turned my back, and I got a striker spare, you know, and it's right. so it's just a different game altogether. I feel like it brings in an element of like pool, you know? Yeah, a, yeah. a little bit of billiards into it, you know? Caroms. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Well, what What's the best type of shot? For, for candle pin, right up the gut, at an angle, really hard, just hard, soft. Uh, faster ball you throw with de- is definitely more beneficial, for sure. Uh, I think I know I know in five pin I, I, I or <laughs> from my experience, my short time at five pin, uh, I, I I I don't know. I see certain houses like a slow ball can work better than a fast ball in certain houses or vice versa, but in candle pin. A slower ball generally does not work better than a than a harder ball, uh, and I think that has to do with a lot of like more you know the more ricocheting, more like yeah. you know action off the back pad, maybe hit off the wall, that sort of thing. Just yeah. there's so many. Ball, you just don't have you have too many pins, too many pins uh, for that a slower ball to have the inertia to knock them all over. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's more. There's just more more things that can happen if you throw the harder you throw the ball and and. And that doesn't mean that the harder you throw the ball, the better you're going to be. That, that's not what I mean at all. Because I've seen, oh, excuse me. Uh, there's, there's so many people that just uh, think that way, and they throw it as hard as they can, and they are, it, it's, it's not, it doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. So, you, you know, the, I mean, there's a fine balance between the accuracy and uh, the speed you throw the ball, but accuracy by far in. No, any sport really when it comes to shooting at a target accuracy beats uh everything else mm-hmm. it trumps so i don't know if coming at an angle is better than going straight on adam but i think from what i was told and this is before my time but my my dad my, my father taught me years ago and in his day the pins were made of wood and at a certain point in time they 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 made made of plastic and Back in the day, the, to throw with the wooden pins, you wanted to throw from an angle. You want to go throw cross alley because if you go down the middle, then you're just punching and you're leaving splits, 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 which obviously are tougher to spare. But when they switched to uh, uh, switch over from the wooden pins down the middle was the way to throw. But I, I don't know. I mean, I've seen great bowlers that throw down the middle, cross alley. I don't know if there's there's not one set way. There's no there's not like a Nobody says this is the way to do it or this is the best way to throw. Um, everyone has their different styles, just like five pin, if not, if not differently or, or more, more so different styles because of the lighter ball, because you can throw it so many, like you can whip that ball around so fast because it is only, it's less than three pounds. So I don't know what the best shot would be. Um, I don't know, but the best bowler I've seen in my time, his name is Chris Hall at which to five pin bowlers, you know, nobody nobody would know this guy's name, but uh, he threw it right down the middle. He was he was he was a great. He from I'd say about 1999 to maybe 2010, where he he just quit bowling out of 
he, I think he just got bored with it, essentially. He won everything there was to win over and over and over again. He was the Tiger Woods of bowling, in my, in my view. And he threw it right down the middle, and he was great. And he was just consistent. He, did, he wasn't the hardest thrower, but he was, he was the best guy. He was the best bowler. So, and he was down the middle. So I guess if you just go by that sort of thing. But then the next one of the other guys, his name's Robbie Henderson. He was more of a cross-alley guy. So, yeah, I feel like cross alley for me. I would think that that would be the best option. You eliminate the the straight through plows, anyways, or not eliminate, but probably less less opportunity to do that. But I think with the dimensions of the pins and the ball, because each are so small when they're all standing. If you're looking at a full set of pins, even at a cross alley throw, you're still plugging through. You can if you yeah. still if you still throw a bad ball, they're not close enough together, where you 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 aren't going to plug through the pins. You're not going to which we punch you know punch through whatever. Like again, terminologies we you know plug. Nobody says plug at home, but we say punch whatever. You know, same idea. It's it's, it's the same thing. Um, but, pins are on nine inches apart. I don't know. I don't know dimensions. You you, you could fit a ball in between the pins though, right? Like there's. The ball doesn't cover a pin if you put it between the one and three pocket, right? Uh, no, I've never seen. Okay. I've never seen a ball go between the one and the three. Yeah, ever. but if if you had more movement on it, you could definitely do it. Because I'm sure I'm sure the pins are nine inches apart. Yeah. Oh no, you definitely could. There's no question. Okay. I've seen yeah. I've seen overhead. Sorry, I, maybe I misunderstood. Yeah, I've seen overhead shots of uh, you know like you know uh, the old TV shows back in the '80s, the Belvedere Skins game, which. A tobacco-sponsored uh, afternoon bowling show. Yeah. You know, you'll just that again. But uh, yeah, Belvedere, Belvedere uh, skins game. That was that was the thing. And Saturday, Saturday afternoons was like the show to watch right. for anybody that bowled. But they had the close-ups over the pins, and that was kind of cool. That you never got to see that before. But yeah, the the ball could easily fit between all the pins. But you got to keep in mind the ball is so small. There's you're not getting. Mm-hmm. much of an angle like you can't spin like it's it's like five pin to ten pin and then even more you know like we're, we're in ten pin like you throw the ball and you get that the professionals and they have the the spin and it comes back into the pocket that's yeah. how the pros do it five pin you don't see a whole lot of that there's there's movement on the ball but not the same way but in can open it's even less because the right. ball's so much smaller you're not it doesn't have the time to grab the lane to you know to roll back to cure back you know, unless you throw it extremely slow, and then if you're doing that, then it's not going to help you anyway because you need to throw it a little harder than that. So, yeah. What are some big scores or big averages in a year in can open? The well, okay. Well, the scoring system is exactly the same as ten pin bowling. The only difference is that you throw three balls instead of two, similar to five pin. Uh, but there's never been a perfect game ever in in can open. Uh, the highest game ever is a 245. There's two players that threw that. Uh, one guy's name is Ralph Sem back in 1984. And the other fellow, Chris Sargent, who still bowls to this day, he threw it, I want to say it was 2009. Um, he had a 245. Um, but to throw a 200 in Candlepin is a milestone game. To throw a two, The way I compare it, to throw a 200 in Candlepin is exactly the same, give or take, a little of throwing a 450 in five pin it's 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 a game like that's one of those things you say i've thrown a 200 
that in five pin, I've thrown a four. Have you ever thrown a four fifty? I've I, yes, I have one. I have two. Whatever you know. Very few people. I'd say very few people. Uh, but but not everyone can say they threw. I've thrown a four fifty in five pin. And yeah, exactly. Definitely not everyone can say that in Candlepin. Very few people can say that in Candlepin. I've never thrown a two hundred in Candlepin, and that's I've thrown that. I've played Candlepin my whole life. Um, my father, who uh, back, I mean, he's eighty years old now, but back in the 60s, 70s, like he was, he's considered, you know, considered one of the best ever to bowl candle pin. Uh, he's never thrown a 200 game. Mind you, the pinfall, a little different back down on the wooden pins, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, same thing. Like, it's just, that's the score. That's the one you want for one game is a 200 score. And that's just not, uh, it's just not something that, you know, everybody has. Like, like I say, very, very few people know, uh, have it. You go to the big tournament in November, uh, our big team tournament, and there's, let's see, 24 teams. You get maybe seven, eight guys on a roster. You go through that whole field, and I'd be surprised if 20, 25 guys have a 200, you know, in a high score, high average for yeah. a whole season. Yeah. If you're throwing a 130 or better, you're elite. 130 or better and again it depends on the house it's like similar to like a bonnie doom or it's a higher scoring or you know higher scoring lower scoring houses but if you score with 130 or better for an average for a season that's you are you are a top dog for sure yeah very cool it's a lot different i mean it's 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 similar like look bowling's bowling you know if if you're up there and you you're in a big match and you need a, a shot to win a game or, you know, you're in a tough game coming home and you're anchor and, you know, you got one frame to go and you need to score this or that, you know, pressure's pressure. You can make a shot, you can make a shot. It doesn't matter. Like, that's that's why I found when I, because I, I bowled, I bowled, this, I'm, I'm almost 40 years old. I bowled, uh, I started bowling when I was about, uh, say, 11 or 12 years old, Canopin. And I've been in a lot of big games, a lot of big matches here and there. And when I switched to five pin, um, not that it was an easy transition cause I'm, cause it wasn't, but the pressure side of it was very similar. It was the exact same thing. It's like, look, I, I know how to bowl and throw a shot here, you know, and, and it, 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 that translates the, you know, it's like any sport. If you, if you're, if you're playing baseball and you're at the plate and you need, you need to, you know, you got runner on third and two outs to win the game. There you go. It's, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's still a pressure shot. It's still bowling. It's still what, you know, and uh, that translates. But when it comes to the scoring system and, 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 and everything uh, both uh, surrounding that, it's, it's a whole lot different. One thing that I, I love that you guys have that we'll probably never see in our lifetime for 5-Pin is you guys have a Worlds tournament. Mm. And I think that is super cool. It, by name, it's a little, yeah. a little off. You know, it's a quite a bit off, actually. It's in like what, like four or five states, and then their eastern provinces. But. Yeah, well, I think the whole purpose of the name was behind like the world of candlepin bowling, and I think that's that's the original name, or where the where the name came from is like the world of candlepin bowling, and not like, and it just kind of changed into like the world. Hey, I won the world championship. Yeah, but you know, like there's like you know only a few thousand you know people that play the game. It's a little different. It's like it, it's like if you win. Uh, you know, the Canadian Open is like, oh, I'm the best, uh, pardon me, I'm the five-pin bowler in the world. It's like, yeah, but who else plays? You know, yeah, so it's a little... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, so don't get me wrong. Like, it's still a, an amazing 
thing. And it's in, in our game. It's, it's, a, it's a great, it's, 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 that's what everyone strives for. That's the top of the mountain. Like it's, but, uh, and I've never, I played in the tournament maybe 15, 16 different years. I've never won it. I've never been to the final. I've never even gotten to the final. I've been to the, I got to the semifinal one time and that was a big deal for me. And that was like the third year I played. And I was like, Oh, this is great. I'll win it one of these days. And just, you know, never happened because it's such a competitive field. It's such a big deal. It's, and, and it is, it's, uh, candle pin bowling is only played in, uh, uh, Nova Scotia in Canada. It's only played Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. And, uh, through the States, it's, uh, the new, uh, uh, New England States, like, uh, you got Maine, New Hampshire, uh, Massachusetts. And I, I, from what I'm told, there's a few, uh, bowling alleys, like throughout other parts of the U S but that's just people that used to live in New England and moved elsewhere and decided to open a bowling alley, you know? So there's the tournament we have, it's 12 Canadian teams, 12 American teams, uh, five for it's the same ideas. The five pin, the scoring's a lot different. Uh, the point system's a lot different. Um, where there's no head-to-head scoring, where you know the leadoff bowlers play against each other for a point and two, you know that sort of thing. It's you play three-string matches against uh, the team, and each string is worth two points. And then the total, if so, it's eight-point matches. So you play three strings. Two points per string, and then the total is also for two points. And then, uh, so it's—I mean, it's—it's it's same thing. You just—it's a team, more of a team thing as opposed to the individual head-to-head side of it. How how long of a tournament is that? It's Tuesday to Saturday, the uh, the short week in November every year. And uh, again, that, that so well, I guess Monday to Saturday, the singles tournament is held on that Monday, that one singles tournament that I mentioned earlier. And then Tuesday through Saturday, it's uh, so you have two divisions of twelve, and that's a random draw. Um, so the twenty-four teams predetermined. You have a, a draw uh, pre-tournament, so you have two divisions mm-hmm. of twelve. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, three-string matches against three different teams. So you have nine games per day. And then on Friday, you have the remaining two matches of six games, and then the playoffs start. Uh, Friday afternoon, which rolls into Saturday, so it is still a, a what's that a five day, six day tournament, yeah, four or five day tournament. Kind of a neat format. Made that confusing enough, but no, no, have not I, at all. Have I heard right where some of your singles tournaments or a, a lot of them you guys play five frames at a time or five blocks? In the in the Americans do it that way. The Americans okay. do so, and that's another thing too. The Americans and the Canadians, uh, the scoring system, points-wise, is done similar, but the formats are done a lot differently. In the U.S., they do a lot more singles-type tournaments. In Canada, we literally don't have any outside of the time that we play against the U.S. Right. And actually, Freddie, Freddie Topmar, who you guys know, who a lot of people know, in uh, let's say two months ago, in that singles tournament, he he got to the final and he. He uh, he lost in the final. He, he did great. I was watching him, and they did a live feed uh, similar to uh, what you guys do, and did great. Yeah. He got second. Uh, hey, hey, well, he got second. He did. That was it. Was good. He, he did. He did real. <laughs> he did good. But uh, no, hats off to him for sure. No, he he killed it. But yeah. uh, uh, but they yeah. So but even there's lots of discrepancies. Like the American score scoring system is vertical. 
ours is horizontal, just like typical score. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You could probably Google really? it and see it somewhere. It's so odd. You can watch some of the Candlepin series on YouTube, and it's like mostly it's youth, but yeah, their their scoring's all vertical. You they've got some old no, you know what they got some old ones though. They have some older ones from like the nineties. A yeah. lot of the, and there's a there's a lot of good scoring ones there for the little Hall of Famer guys. And uh it's on there. It's a vertical scoring system and the strikes or spares are marked differently. It's odd, but it's but yeah. I don't mind that though. because I mean that, that's how we're all taught math, right? <laughs> so I mean it's a game of math that sort of makes sense. I, I don't mind that at all. That's interesting. It's it's very cool because when it, the host city for this particular tournament is it it, it 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 goes back and forth in the even numbered years it's in Canada the odd number of years it's in the U.S. So when we go to the states we have to now score because oh by the way it's all manual scoring it's all manual scoring so so we have to now like adjust to the manual scoring and mark the strikes and spares differently and then when they come to Canada they adjust to our scoring system and it's you know, yeah it, it's really interesting because i uh, like we run pro score in sure park and uh there is an actual uh, you when you set up tournaments you set up five pin ten pin but they have five pin ten pin they have candle pin in there they have duck pin and they have the hard belly duck pin so that you have the option for all of it in there so that's it's that's interesting that nobody's actually put in the automatic scoring because uh, at least pro score must have you know some sort of way of doing it there is there is the odd the odd house. I know there's one in Riverview, New Brunswick, just inside of Moncton. They have automatic scoring. That's the only one off the top of my head that I know of. I know there I know there's others or there has been others, but I think the difference with Candlepin, there's so many mistakes because because yeah. of the deadwood. Because yeah. when when you knock pins over and they stay on the plate, it's for whatever reason I don't know I don't know the ins and outs of it, but. The, the scoring system, um, the yeah. computer doesn't recognize or does recognize pins fell that, that, that weren't or vice versa because they stay on the plate and you don't pick them up, clear the pins out, and then they yeah. read them as is. Yeah, it's a camera system for sure. But even if they're misaligned a little bit, you run into problems. Right, and yeah. there's definitely a lot of that going on in candle pin bowling with the dead wood rubbing up against another pin that... You know, and another thing too, excuse me. Another thing too is that there is, and I don't, I don't know if this is the case or not. I, I wouldn't think in in five pin or any other kind of bowling, but there's a line in front of. If you go down to in front of the, if you got a full set of pins in front of the head pin, and I don't know the dimensions out, but there's there's a line where no pins can cross. Yeah, it's the front of the pin deck. There, yeah, in, front, exactly. in candle pin, in the there's pin. a like a divot or whatever, so the pin can't roll off the pin deck, right? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. So pins can't roll back towards you, towards the bowler, like toward. It, so, so there is a little bit of a lip there, but sometimes because pins are flying left, right, and center, sometimes they will come out in front of that line, which are now considered out of play. So you'll have, you'll have to go down and, and take that if it's still on the plate. If it's in the gutter, it's in the gutter. It's not a big deal if it rolls into the gutter. But if it stays on the plate and it's outside, it's 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 beyond that line. That ha that pin has to be removed. It's it's a de it's it's out of play. Well, that that's got to be a safety thing too, because if you have a ball down there and you hit you hit that pin, that ball could go up into the masking unit yep. or oh, yeah. all over, right? So yeah, no, that definitely seen that sense. a lot of times. I've seen a lot of balls put through a lot of masking units. <laughs> not gonna lie, I took five pin pins and put them forty feet out one time. 
and I threw a strike, and there were, there were pins everywhere. But I also got a strike at 60 feet. So, yeah, no, I totally, I totally get that. Um, what are your guys' goals for 2019 since we're in a new year here? So it would be your five-pin goal. So, um, example, winning open gold with Edmonton zone or Calgary zone or making the cut at Regina because that could be a goal. <laughs> <laughs> keep piling on would definitely like to get back to open nationals with uh with the edmonton team uh obviously have to make it there first uh, have a hope to um go back to back maybe in the the open singles uh, as well which uh, will definitely be there already had a, a somewhat solid cash season in 2018 so I uh, definitely want to keep that momentum rolling and uh, really want to make the Alberta Masters team. Uh, Masters definitely one of those ones that have uh, always kind of eluded me a little bit. Uh, definitely haven't been playing it nearly as much as, as most have. Uh, so that, that would probably be the, uh, the, the next ultimate goal. Uh, well, uh... I d- well, I'm I don't I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be playing Masters, so uh, I guess uh, I guess that leaves open and cash tournaments. With Regina coming up soon, um, uh, I've only I played Regina once, uh, three, say three years ago, two or yeah, three years ago. It was three, yeah. It was just it was a great time, great experience, my first time playing, and I did fairly well. And I just I, yeah, I wanna. I'm not going to say win the tournament because obviously who doesn't go there and want to you know win a tournament, but you know I I just want to I want to play well. After the last two, I played uh, we played Autumn Open a few months ago. I did fairly well there, and then uh, go to TPC and I had one of the worst tournaments I played. So you know I just want to kind of I guess come back when it comes to the cash tournament side of it, come back uh, and, and have a strong showing there. Uh, when it comes to that, uh, when it comes to the Open. Um, you know, I, I'm new to Calgary, new to the city, but, you know, to be real, I, you know, my goal is to, you know, make the Calgary team. Uh, I want to make singles and I want to go provincials and I want to, I want to, I want to have a good showing there. Cause, uh, you know, I'm, I, I, I feel good right now. Uh, I've gone in, made some adjustments in my game. Um, I feel they were needed. Like I, I, I feel like I could have, uh, done okay with where i was anyway but i've made these little adjustments i've I've talked to you guys you know through uh sent you text messages here and there and then amongst other people just to get just to get input um i've never been a technical bowler per se when it comes to um you know a type of bowling ball to throw or or uh you know like uh you know that just i guess the technical side of the game uh, uh, when it comes to like wooden lanes or, you know, this or that sort of thing. But I guess I'm just uh, taking in a lot of new information, a lot of new information that I've never really thought of before. And I'm trying to apply it to uh, where I am right now. And I've gone on, gone in a little, uh, a few times in, in the last little bit. And, uh, you know, I've, I've had a little bit of success with it so far. And I'm hoping... And I really feel, not that I'm hoping. I, I feel like it's gonna it's gonna pay off. And uh, to uh, if I could make the Calgary uh, team, 
and uh, and hopefully singles, and then get to uh, Red Deer and put on a good showing there, then you know we'll go from there. But that's 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 my immediate goals for now, for sure. I'm excited for you to play the Open. Uh, it, it'll be a good positive experience for you. Uh, hoping you make the team, but uh, thanks. Like that, uh, I think that'd be an awesome experience for you. I, I know Nova Scotia. Uh, you have some good friends out there, but I know I know that it gets frustrating at times for you. So um, I, I think uh, no matter what happens, no matter what team you're on in Alberta, you're going to be going into provincials, um, hoping to play well and be competitive the entire time. And, and you don't go in with a with a losing sort of mindset. Uh, you're going in with a mindset, a, a killer a killer mindset, trying to trying to win everything. So I think it'll be a good positive experience for you, and I'm excited for that. Thanks, I appreciate that. I guess uh, all of the above. <laughs> like, like, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you don't have like a, a set goal, what you're really trying to accomplish this year, or you're just kind of whatever happens, happens, or I think, I think the goals are always the same. You want to go into every tournament and you want to win, you know, that's, that's just sort of how it is. Right. Um, I think uh, mm-hmm. I really want to get back to, to open, uh, open nationals. Uh, I'd, I'd like to I'd like to make a team first. So that's always the first uh, first priority. But I haven't been to Open National since 2013, um, and I miss it. So I, I I think Open Nationals have been my favorite experiences um, out of all of them. So I I'd really uh, I'd really love to get back to that. Um, obviously, Masters. Obviously, I'd, I'd like to make that team again. Um, I feel like our team. Uh, didn't get the best best uh, cards drawn for uh, health-wise at Nationals this year, and it'd be nice to go back and, you know, uh, right the wrongs on that a little bit. Uh, it was unfortunate how everyone got super sick, so uh, I'd like to go back and have another kick of the can at that. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, a s- similar boat as Bobby. I mean, a really good showing in Calgary for the uh, cash tournaments, and then um, Edmonton, I, was, I wasn't very good. I was terrible, so... Uh, I'd like to go to Regina and do a little better there. I think it'll be a little bit different having not worrying about running the tournament and just getting to play. So hopefully, hopefully that'll be a little bit better. But um, the only other actual goal that I have at the moment is uh, me and Weber have talked about this lot. Uh, we're kind of battling for high average on Sundays because one of us wants to take uh, City High in Edmonton. It'd be it'd be nice to move it away from a different center for once in the last decade. So uh, I think we're shooting for that. Not that league a- league average is ever. It'd be it'd be a neat. Sure, would probably has more four hundreds than Bonnie doing, eh? We do, we do, <laughs> we one hundred percent do. But uh, it's it's a skewed number when you have TPC and you have twelve four hundred thrown at TPC and you have the the top hundred. 50 some bowlers from across Canada come out. Adam, do you have half of those? <laughs> <laughs> Quarter, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's a bit of a skewed number. <laughs> Just saying. But, uh, I'm coming yeah. for you, Dex. Good. Good. 2019. I'm going to start trying again. <laughs> well, you definitely took like a month and a half off. That's for sure. <laughs> You're welcome. We, we, we call it a head start in the biz. <laughs> what is sure what is my average? Uh, so I'm at 281, I think. Um, and Down to 280, I think. Is it 280? Yeah. Okay, so 280. I think 
I think the only person that has me right now in the city is Ty. Ty Tycat is like 283 or 284 now on Thursdays yeah. um, in um, in uh, Bonnie Doom, Argyle. Uh-huh. Argyle, Homestead, Homesteaders. Homesteaders, yeah. He's doing well Some... Sunday YBC too, isn't he? Uh, not to that extent. I think it's like 260, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere around there. So, like I said, not that league averages ever really mattered, but it'd be it'd be nice to move. And it's not even really for me. It's just kind of I just I just want a banner and share a park. <laughs> <laughs> what What about you, Kerry? Obviously, want to do well, uh, make Tour Championship three years in a row would be kind of cool. Um, but my ultimate goal is probably try and win Alberta singles. Haven't uh, lost to you, obviously, last year at the step ladder. Didn't uh, do the best showing there. A couple sets of aces to let you walk away with it. But, um... Brick! <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that's my, that is my main goal, is to make singles again out of central and then put a strong showing at provincials. Try and take that home for once and uh, be a singles rep for Alberta. Haven't done it through Masters, haven't done it through the Open, so hopefully this will be the year because uh, Masters is going to be pretty tough. And my goal there is just to make team. Going to have to win the last four, I think, to make singles. So <laughs> we'll just uh, we'll, we'll pack that away for now. Well, I'll start betting on tequila early this week, and then uh, yeah, maybe you'll have the opportunity. Yeah, <laughs> let's hope. Well, speaking of Masters, what do we expect this weekend in Alberta? Snow. <laughs> I heard uh, Heritage Lanes on um, New Year's Day there. They had Darby's 10th Annual Memorial Tournament. Um, the scores were really good. Uh, mm-hmm. Justin Langrock averaged over 300. I think both of his shifts are really close to it. Yeah. Um, so scoring seemed to be there a lot better than it has been in the league. With us playing Sunday too, they oil what Mondays and Fridays, right? So at least, yeah. at least we'll have a little bit of play on them before Sunday rolls around too. Yeah. So, so, so if the scoring's all right, you'll probably get hopefully another twenty two hundred out of there. But um, Statler's always been notoriously a slow ball house, so I guess you never know with with Heartland Bowl. Um, you might get somebody like Mike Lefusier gets on a roll; he could really crush that tournament, or. Gary Baird, or maybe somebody will find something and run away with it. It's tough. Yeah. I, like, what was what won it last time? Were there twenty two fifty? I think something like that. But then late, the ladies last yeah twenty two yeah I think it was like twenty two something yeah. Um, but there was only like a handful of people over two thousand even yeah. And then uh, and then last year the ladies there was there was like four people over twenty two hundred. Yeah, lit it up. Yeah, yeah, and out of a field of like fifteen. Yeah. So so it, it it like I said it is a notoriously slower house. So I guess we'll we'll have to see. I'm not I'm not prepared to slow down 20 kilometers an hour. But... Where where do the ladies play on Saturday? Olds. Olds. Yeah. Fun house. Yeah, they're going to have I'm a fan some... now. <laughs> <laughs> I I I've, I've never had more fun at a Masters tournament than like 2 or 3 years ago. Oh, I was and the, the scoring was so bad, but everybody was in the exact same boat. 
and I've never had that much fun at a tournament bowling just garbage. It yeah. was hilarious. One, like we one, one person over 2,000. <laughs> I think it was yeah. Freddie Toffelmeyer, wasn't it? No, Gary. Oh, Gary Barrett. Gary won that one, yeah. Oh, Freddie was, was winning it, wasn't he? He I was think up so. there, yeah. But I, I think Gary ended up shooting close to 22 that tournament, actually. And then I think there was like, yeah, maybe Freddie over 2,000, then everybody else was like 18. Yeah. Just, just calling chops, and yeah, it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Tim threw a chop on his last ball. We called it for him to like have to buy a round or something like that. So yeah. prohibition. <laughs> Tim making all the good bets out there, right? <laughs> hey, speaking of, I, th- I took another beer off from this last weekend with uh, the Chiefs over uh, over Oakland. Yeah, he should just stop betting on football altogether. Seattle ends up being nine and seven. Nine and seven, everybody. Nine and seven. So uh, did he get points for that Oakland bet? <laughs> God, I gave, I gave I gave him straight up fourteen. Jeez, oh, <laughs> straight up. Uh, so uh, for the, our listeners out there, our loyal listeners, uh, Tim lost his bet with uh, Katie Rayner. It's official now. There's no loopholes. He is lo- he's lost his bet. Uh, he's trying to dish his bet off onto other people for money or making other bets. But uh, Tim is going to get kicked in in the uh, the, the tender parts. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, uh, there may be a Patreon video coming out. So be a member if you want to see... Tim get kicked in the tenderfoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so good. Yeah. Actually, Carrie, Carrie, out of curiosity, what what do we got for you know like Patreon members and and uh, some sound hits through through nine episodes? Just out of curiosity. Yeah. So on uh, SoundCloud, so where we put our podcast, we're we're roughly getting around 150 viewers per episode, or viewers listeners per episode yeah around 150 140 pretty much every episode is pretty consistent so either that's a loyal uh listening base or that's 100 loyal and then 50 randoms our patrons is around 10 patrons right now so it's coming around and yes people it is us dollars if you want to sign up as i've been told a few times (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it gets you because we usually talk about a topic after so it gets you that extra topic that you don't get for free on facebook or soundcloud and stuff like that and then as video editors know video editing does take a while but we are slowly putting up videos of the podcast as well and then hopefully we'll start doing some um uh tutorial videos on maybe approaches releases um angles in the pins and stuff like that we'll we'll try and put some videos together so we can put it out to add some content and maybe draw in some more patrons to help support, bring out better video equipment and help grow this thing and help the media push for five pin bowling. As uh, we all know, it's been lacking over the last couple decades. So hopefully this will help it. Uh, I know we definitely appreciate, uh, you know, the listeners and the comments, the feedback, um, if, if there are any you know topics that anybody wants to listen uh, to, to to four or five of us talk about, uh, please reach out to, to to any of us. 
uh, we're, we're always listening. Yeah. Yeah. Open ears all the time. For sure. Hey, Bobby. Um, so we do have something for our uh, guests. Um, in your limited five pin experience, it, some of your answers may not uh, be to what you want them to be. But um, so first question is your bowling, your five pin bowling mentor. Um, somebody that taught you five pin that you took all the information they provided you with and stuff like that. Oh, geez. Okay. Well, uh, bowling in general, uh, it was my father. Yeah. That's an easy answer for that, if it were that side of the question. But um, when, I, when I transitioned into five pin, uh, which would have been 2011, I want to say, 2010, 2011, um, Cynthia Schofield, who's uh, been a coach at a Nova Scotia, well, she was a bowler slash coach. Uh, she doesn't do a whole lot of bowling uh, nowadays, but she definitely, and I, it, you know, I don't, I don't know why, but she just kind of, I guess she just saw something in me. She knew me th through five pin, or sorry, through a uh, candle pin, but, um, you know, we were never like super close, but like when I, when I started uh, trying to five pin, she, you know, she just was kind of there for me. I had questions, she had the answers and she's, you know, super knowledgeable and, and, uh, and, and knows the game. She's done both. She's done candle pin and five pin over, over her years. And, and, uh, she was always there to to help me out, and if I ever had a question, and and she knows the differences. She knows the different, uh, you know, like okay, this works in five, this works in candle pin, but it doesn't work in five pins. So do it this way instead of that way, or vice versa, and you know that sort of stuff. And she was, you know, still to this day, I'll send her a text. I texted, you know, I'm texting with her just maybe four or five days ago. But, you know, I spoke with her recently, and uh, she's been very 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 supportive of me uh over, over the last uh you know you know seven eight years that i've been playing and uh yeah so i'd awesome. have to say uh when it comes to bowling in general my father who you know taught me the game yeah but when it came to five pin bowling definitely cynthia for sure perfect she's an amazing woman and, and yeah. i think i think freddie would probably follow the oh same of course sort of, definitely yeah, they yeah. have a really good relationship she's just a really special person she's great yeah definitely cool yeah awesome um, so then, uh, second part of the same question, uh, your five pin bowling idol, somebody that you looked up to when you started doing five pin 2011 that you wanted to strive to, uh, mimic or accomplish what they've accomplished, uh, that kind of thing early in your career. To be honest, I don't know because I didn't really have the, the reason I started, the reason I tried five pin in the, in the very beginning is because there was a cattle pin house at home of 34 lanes and the first six lanes were uh used to be 10 pin lanes and i you know i didn't have i didn't really care much for 10 pin i didn't even care to try it we you know one night goofing around on a you know have a few beer or whatever just play some 10 pin whatever but i you know i didn't really care either way and then for one reason or another they switched the mode into five pin lanes and so now the first six lanes were five pin lanes um and again, I still at this point didn't really even care to do that. But there was, a, I want to say it was the last year of the TS of the, the TSN qualifier, the old TSN qualifier thing. And uh, so, so there was a qualifier out of the, the Halifax lanes. So I just, I went in the night. It was on a Saturday. I showed up Friday, uh, the Friday night before, just to throw a couple of balls, just to, because I was going to play Saturday, and I'd never played five pin, and I threw a couple of games, and. Uh, and I didn't know, I didn't know 
anybody in five pin bowling. I really didn't. And in Nova Scotia, in my world that I was in, I didn't, I didn't know anybody that even played five pin. And, uh, so I don't really have a person to give an answer from like right off the bat. Like it's maybe it's a different, it's different now. Cause I look up to certain people like, like you three, like not even just, you know, blow smoke up, you know what, but like you three, you three are like, I look up to you three, like you guys are well accomplished bowlers in, in this five pin world and amongst a lot of other people. Um, even like, you know, guys like, like a name, like this is how, uh, green i was to the the five pin world uh bruce mortar who you guys like everyone knows is like you know what the best bowler five pin bowler ever in that conversation at least you know mm-hmm. I, I yeah i don't know but i didn't even know who he was i never heard the name until like a couple of years ago you know so that's how green i am into the world so i don't really have a good answer for that when it comes to five pin because i just kind of gave it a shot i liked it and uh, I just, and then when I, I, you know, I, I had a work transfer to Edmonton about five years ago, and I joined a league and kind of met everybody right then and there. So I don't yeah. think it'd be fair to give a good answer, like a, a single somebody out, because I don't really have an answer for that. No, that that's fair enough. And like I said, you're, you're fairly new to this this yeah. side of bowling, so I didn't expect a bunch of your answers to yeah. match up. But, <laughs> um, so then moving on. Um, and you can answer this from candle pin side and a five pin side if you wish. Um, your favorite tournament? I hmm. yeah, jeez. Well, I guess I might have two. Well, two answers for that when it comes to five pin, for two different reasons. Um, so I played. Uh, so I was single. I was Nova Scotia singles in 2013. Uh, it was in St. John's, Newfoundland, and so uh, I kind of went there. I was, I was a, you know, nobody knew who I was, which is more than fair. Um, and uh, I remember we had these, uh, like, kind of player bios or whatever. Like, you know, there's the little uh, pamphlet things that you know you have to fill out beforehand. You know, what's your high, what's your average high score or high singles, triple? That's, you know, that sort of stuff. How many years you've been bowling, high pin. And uh, so I didn't really have much to fill out on the, on the sheet because I didn't really have, you know, I didn't play it that long and I didn't play in a league or that sort of thing. So my answers were just uh, blank, like, I, you know, NA, you know, sort of thing, years of bowling, five pin, three years, you know. And everyone else on, on the sheet was, uh, you know, 20 years, 25 years or, you know, that sort of thing. And so, you know, I kind of looked silly on, on the paper, but I, I, I played fairly well and, uh, in the tournament. So I liked the fact it was kind of neat that throughout the week because people were kind of approaching me asking, cause I, you know, cause I was, I was in the hunt, uh, I, you know, I made the step ladder and, and that sort of thing. So throughout the week, people that I didn't know were kind of like, kind of coming up and talking to me like hey so what's your story blah 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 and i thought that was really kind of neat because it was just you know it was just kind of a a, you know i was new to the world and people were interested in my story and that kind of accompanied with the fact that i'm at you know a canadian open tournament in newfoundland where i'd never been before and everything was just kind of that kind of made it all and you know I did I didn't obviously didn't win or anything but uh you know played it into Saturday which which was uh kind of a neat thing that all in all was a really really cool experience and I love playing there in Newfoundland and I haven't been back since but uh one day I'd like to get back and play again 
So when it comes to the open, that that's my favorite uh, open tournament. But when uh, let's say cash tournament, I'd have to say Regina. Uh, those three years ago, I played uh, my one time playing there, and uh, I made the cut, and uh, you know I did well in the uh, the knockout rounds. Uh, did make it to the the final four, but I ran I ran both sides a little bit. Um, uh, you know, won some big matches, played against some good bowlers, and and played fairly well. So, uh, you know that I kind of keep that in mind. Uh, to you know, like uh, just big moments in bowling for you know, my, you kind of look back at your you know big shots you made or big finishes you had or that sort of thing. And and I guess those two tournaments are the two that stick out for me when it comes to five pin, um, five pin bowling. Yeah. So yeah, it's have to say Regina and. Uh, the open in Newfoundland. Awesome. Okay, and then the question everybody's probably been asking is, what's in your arsenal? What are your bowling shoes? What are your bowling balls? I know you're not big on uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff, but uh, Brett Henderson have... wears friggin' tennis shoes, from what I understood. So what do you have? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a purple ball. I have a red, blue, and white ball, and I have no. <laughs> Pretty much. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I got, uh, I got, I got, I've got two soft. God, I'm not one when it comes to one that knows much about bowling balls, as you guys know. Uh, you know, pin action, that sort of thing, this and that. Uh, but I've got, uh, I've got two soft rolls that I throw. Um, I don't even know what types. But yeah, one is purple, and the other one's red, white, and blue. And uh, I currently got a, uh, uh, what's it called, a urethane something or other ball that I got from uh, TJ Carrere, who I bowl with on Monday nights in the league. He just he gave me a ball about three, four weeks ago that he just never uses, and he said, here you go. So, <laughs> so, so that's, that's my bowling balls and my shoes, uh, black Brunswick something or others that I have no idea what they're called either. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So you have, so sorry, you have two soft rolls. You have a, yes. and they're one is purple and white. Yes. And the other one is red, white, red, white, and blue. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So those bowling balls are totally different. Just okay. so you know. Just so okay. you know. The, uh, well, the they're not though because I throw purple first and the red, white, and blue second. So. Okay, but they will move differently. They will move differently. Okay. I should pay attention to that. The two color, the two color will move more than the tri color. Okay. Just say so you know. Okay, I actually I did not know that. Yeah, the tri color will be four or five on the um, the durometer scale harder. So okay. It's it's a pretty okay. big difference actually. Oh, okay. Just so, so. just so you know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to my world, Bobby. <laughs> Like information overload. Yeah. Did I want too to much? Know? Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Which one did you say you throw first? The purple one usually. The one Unless I'm bowling much. really bad, then I'll throw the other one first. No. no, that makes sense. The purple and white one for the middle shots, and then the straighter ones for the corners. That's good. Yeah, yeah that makes I sense. Like it. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Okay, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then what? Uh, what, if any, type of improvements would you have for five pin bowling? Oh, yeah, that's a good question. And I, I'm just repeating an answer. I think 
remember Brett Hendrickson saying the other day, and I don't, I don't really know the way to do this, but I think that I think it's all about just showing the personalities of the actual bowl, like the top bowlers, to show who 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 the top bowlers are, and to put the uh, put the personalities out there and let them kind of shine through. Where you know you see in other sports, like that's the major sports, they promote the, the players themselves and which in turn promotes the game right. because you like, even now, especially now with, I know there's no like fantasy bowling and I get, I get all that, but you know, in fantasy sports, it's nowadays in my day, you, you cheer for a team, right? And you can like a player. And if they go to a different team, I can still like that player, but they're not my team anymore. But I think in this day and age, you root for players. You follow players, especially with social media. You follow certain people and personalities, and that's what attracts you to the sport they play. And again, I don't know the best way to do that, but that's what attracts me when, to sports in a sense of where I follow players online. I follow players on, like I'm a say a blue. I'm a Blue Jays fan, but I'll follow a Bryce Harper, and I'll follow a, you know, like uh. uh I don't know, like who, you know what I mean? Like certain particular players that aren't, you know, like I hate the Yankees, but I love, I love uh, uh, Judge, and I, you know, these certain players that, you know, like the Red Sox. I am anything but a Red Sox fan, but I will follow their players, you know, like so. When it comes to bowling on a much smaller scale, like if there was a way to just kind of let the personalities out there, and I think in the pod, this podcast itself is is a great way to do it. Uh, and maybe it's just kind of the initial steps of, of doing that in itself because, you know, like, I, like I know you guys personally, but maybe other people don't and they just love bowling and they're going to tune into this podcast and they're going to, Oh, I know who, uh, you know, Adam Dexter carrier. I know who these guys are. I've never really talked to them. I never got, I've never got to into the personalities. I know they're great bowlers, but you know, now I get to know a little bit about them, you know, and, and, you know, maybe like just kind of a build off of that sort of thing. Whether it was like, I think Brett said even like a player card thing, which you know maybe that's a little maybe an extreme thing too, but that's just it's the same concept, it's the same idea, it's the same theory of like just getting to know the players themselves, which I think is gonna would help the game uh, grow like exponentially. I really think that would help a lot. I mean, look at Weber. Weber's got the most obscure sports teams I've ever heard of. Hey. I've lived in Calgary my entire life, but I'm going to cheer for the St. Louis Blues <laughs> and the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's but it's all about the players that were there and a player yes. that moved there, right? So that's how you became a, a, a St. Louis fan, right? Yeah, Al McInnes. Yeah. Yep. Joe yeah, Montana. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. You know so. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, that's a really good point. I I think I think that that's it because especially in bowling because bowling is not. Okay, and I'll take a lot of backlash on this. I know, but bowling is an individual game. It really is, in my mind. And I, you know, you go to the open, and where there's a team. Not, not saying I'm not talking about cattle pin, five pins, different blah 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 team singles, whatever. I'm saying bowling in general is an individual game. Like, like hockey's a team sport, football's a team sport, basketball's a team sport. You can't just have one player, you know, doing their own thing. There's, there's, there's interaction with the other players. But when it comes to bowling. There's no interaction outside of the non 
sport side of it. You know, you can high five, you can cheer on each other, the celebrate your celebration. Like, but when it comes right down to it, and you're on the, it's like golf. You're on, you're you're on the land or you're on the course. It's just you hitting that ball or throwing that shot or or it's just you. It's an individual sport, so you have to almost like appreciate it for for that. In my mind, again, I know a lot of people disagree with that, but this is the way I see it: is that you know I, I could play in a team like if, if the four of us played on a, a team together, we're all cheering each other on. But Carrie, if you're up and you're bowling anchor for us, and 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 it's the last ball to throw, and you need to get a shot. We're not helping you, yeah. you know. That's you. So that's right. You know, I, I think it's. I think it's. 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 It's more of a way to like, in that sense, to uh, promote each individual personality uh, and show and show that to people that a lot of people just don't really get to see. No, agreed. I I think that's uh, uh, the media side of it. The personality side of it is got to be the start to be the main push. And that's maybe where it was lost, right? With all this uh, uh, downplay on personality. Well, I wouldn't say personality. All this downplay on the the extras that go on the lanes maybe has drawn away from the fact that that's what gets people interested in it. Yeah, that guy goes up there and throws a lot of strikes, but he comes off all la-di-da. Nobody cares. It's it gets old. It's a repetition thing. It's like oh, he he just does the same thing every time. They they but stop watching it, right? I don't think there's anything wrong with either side of it. I, I like mm. like I I think that the three the three of us. I'm just you know thinking of the three of us or sorry four of us uh, right now is like we're not like overly excited over big shit. You know we're not like super animated. You know a little bit here and there, whatever. But I mean. You know, but there's some players that are, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's not disrespectful. You're not throwing off other people. You're not doing that to to uh, to show somebody else up. You're just celebrating. And if you are quiet about, like I'm a very quiet bowler. Like I could throw a really big game, and outside of my small little fist pump or a, you know, you know, nothing else on top of that, you wouldn't even know from a distance that I was having a great game. But somebody like, uh, you know. Bradley Tickaff, just off the top of my head, like he's animated and it's great. There's nothing wrong with that because he's not, he's not doing it to, there's nothing negative about what he's doing. And that's a good thing. There's not, you know, he's not doing it in a negative way. So I, I think you got to celebrate that side of it. Yeah. You know, and that's just the first person. I mean, there's plenty of others that do that. Don't get me wrong, but you know, it's the first person that dropped, you know, came to mind. There was nothing better than back in the day seeing Bruce Mortar fist pump come flying off the lanes or Mark Johnstone yelling after he throws a seven bagger at open, right? Like it's, there was some negative side that came out later. Like we all know Johnstone got frustrated and he's, he's still frustrated and um, his bowling's been turning around the last couple of years and it's really exciting to see him back. I, I would love to see that guy get pumped up again and, um, you hear him across the lanes. I I miss that part of it. I think, and yeah. the the downplay on it is sometimes it gets a little frustrating seeing people get upset when somebody's yelling. It's like, yeah, I, I get it. It throws me off a little bit too. I'm upset when it happens when I'm on the lane, but I don't really care that much. I'm I'm happy that they're playing well. That it 
that something's going on on the lanes. Yeah, when Eric Joseph is throwing five in a row, I'm <laughs> loving it because I love his reaction. You know, I, yeah. lo- I love watching him bowl. Certain guy, I lo- I, those are fun people to watch bowl because they are excited and animated. In my, in my mind, those are the people to watch bowl. Those yeah. are fun. When they're bowling well, those are the fun people to watch. And, and and more so than other people like myself, who's who doesn't say a word, yeah. you know. And that's just the way I do it. I, I you know, I'm not going to do something I don't do. That's just how I, that's who I am, and and you know, so be it. But I, if 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 I were somebody else, I wouldn't be watching me bowl. I'd be watching no. the other animated people bowl. You know? No, exactly. So. Yeah, I think I think you're seeing a lot of that lately. People aren't watching the people that they may be playing super well but they'd rather go watch somebody crash and burn more than they'd watch somebody just come off the lane and, oh well i i just threw a five bagger and moved to the next lane like yeah. it, there's got to be a selling point to the game as well right if we're not Absolutely. selling it it ain't gonna grow and i think all the player shirts the uh uh bp geez what is it bpg <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I think that's like the very first step of it because now you attach the name, the face to the name because people don't look when I first moved out here. uh, Okay. I was out here about five years ago, but you know, I just now moved permanently here. uh, So I kind of know everybody, but when I first got here a few years ago, uh, uh, I, I knew a lot of names. I didn't know these faces. I would go to Facebook and like type in the name, like, oh yeah, okay, that's who that is, or that's who this, you know. I didn't know these, and so but the player, the shirt, the shirts are just like I think step one of that, and I think it's only going to be able to grow from that point where every, you know, where the they are, everyone knows the personalities, and especially the youth, the youth coming in, coming into bowl and wanting to be. Because they can go on, they can go on the computer and see the top scores and see who won this tournament and the tournament they want to play when they get older. And, and I want to be, I want to throw scores like this person and that person. And they can, they can put a name to a face and put the face to the personality. Yeah. And I think that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, and I guess looking at the other side, there's always something to be said that somebody coming off the lane and doesn't crack a smile, doesn't do anything. It's, there's an intimidation factor there too. Right. So I I guess it's just how you want to play it, I guess, but it's showcasing that, right. If we're not showcasing, Oh, this guy doesn't crack a smile. He always comes off the lane, solid, toughest player out there. If you're not showcasing that, nobody's going to know who that person is. There's, that's just another guy. There's a hundred people out on the lanes. He's just another guy out there. Right. At, at what point are we going to start bringing in nicknames like every other sport? Right. You, you start seeing, you know, golfers or, uh, held dart players, pool players, right. They yeah. all seem to have a tagline. That, that's the media, that... right. Picking the nicknames. The media is the one that picks those names. It's not, it, no, it might, might come out of the, the friendships or whatever, like, um, I was just trying to think of one. There's not, are we, yeah. are we not the media? Well, you know what well, I'm we're, saying? We're, we're the, at this point, at this point, we're the five of media. So maybe we should just start making up names for people. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you dangerous though? <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be the only media though. I, no, I want to see that grow. 
Like if we're the only media that we're 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 out of luck, boys. <laughs> Shut it down. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I I I don't know. I'm excited for it. I think 2019 is going to be a big year. Um, heard some rumors through the grapevine that there's some stuff going on, so maybe we'll see some new stuff coming out. Jeff Young's got a bowling ball company, hopefully starting up. Like there, there's stuff behind the scenes that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, and I hope it really brings the sport into the limelight a little bit. Agreed. Hey, Bobby, you ended up mentioning, you know, bringing in, like, fantasy bowling or a fantasy bowling league. Right? Oh. And, and, and since we haven't mentioned his name yet, Mitch Davies. Ten for ten. This thing has you written all over it for Regina. So let's set up a draft Thursday night after the, the trios. And uh, let's get a, uh, a Regina five-pin bowling league together. 50 ahead, 100 ahead, whatever it is. And then just go. Do a fantasy draw. Fantasy draft. Is it just, so what do you want to do? Is just the top score per best? Uh, just do, do it know? in, just, just uh, basically that have a, like a, a draft list. Um, For and then uh, did, Yeah, you could either do qualifying spots or you could do... Um, even just final placement, right? Everybody yeah. picks, you know, 10 guys. Depends how many people are in a course, right? You, you're going to have 140, 150 unique names, right? And you, you draft 100 of them. Yeah, 10, 10 guys, 10 guys, 10 players. You get, you get points for qualifying, and then you should get points for each win that, uh, win that you have going along. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's okay. do it. I think it'd be easy enough to do. Oh, it'd be super easy. And mm-hmm. Carrie, of course, you're going to have this on online, what, about noon tomorrow? Yep. And and, and I expect a, a text from Mitch about two. All right. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks for coming out. Adam, Dex, thanks for joining us. And uh, thank God Tim wasn't here. <laughs> thank <Amen>. God. <laughs>